hot mess express over here. No, girl, two cars ahead of me. I Welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark Review Podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm a longtime Hallmark movie fan. I'm Wendy. I'm a former Hallmark hater. Today we're discussing Christmas with a Kiss, the mahogany offering for Countdown to Christmas this year. Hey, hang out with us outside the podcast. Come join us on Instagram. We are on Instagram, Girls Gone Hallmark, and as at Megan and Wendy. We're not just Girls Gone Hallmark. We have a lot more to offer. That's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Come jump into our Facebook group, Girls Gone Hallmark. Like Megan said, off mic, we, uh, it, it operates at a high level there. Yeah. It's not just shirtless dude photos being dropped in there. It's like talk about upcoming projects and who's directing this. And there's a lot going on in there. We'd love for you to join that conversation. Mm-hmm. And another way you can interact with us is by leaving our podcast a review You can do that in the Apple Podcast app. And I'd like to read a recent review, which says, Love Hallmark? You'll love this podcast. Five stars. I look forward to this podcast every week. It's entertaining and interesting and always makes me feel like I'm hanging out in the kitchen, chatting with Megan and Wendy. Give it a listen. How does she know we're in the kitchen? You actually mentioned that last week. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, but is that episode live yet? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's been I think it's been brought up more than once. I mean, we have shared some Instagram reels and stuff of us here at the table. So it is in the kitchen, uh, the, the dining room, really the dining room. Yes. Also, our studios on the vision board for 2024. Damn right. Mm-hmm. It is. Thanks for your reviews. We appreciate them. They help people find our podcast. You can also rate our podcast in Spotify as well. Speaking of ratings. Yes. A little Hallmark news. Tell me. Sleepy Kitty Pod dropped the ratings on the first 27 movies that have dropped so far for Hallmark this year Mm -hmm. in order of their live and same day viewer numbers. Okay. What would you guess is number one? It's got to be Biltmore. You'd be wrong. You are forgetting the power of one Miss Lacey Chabert. Every time, knocks it out of the park. Call out the hottie. Call out the hotties. You're wrong again. (laughs) Mary Scottish Christmas is number one. 3.3 million. Wowza. You are right that Biltmore came in at number two with 3.12 million. If you had to guess, what are the other three movies in the top five? Call out the holly lit up. Number four. Okay, hold on. Biltmore, Haul Out the Holly, Scottish Christmas. I'm going to tell you it's not what you think. And that the other movies, I think, had the advantage of maybe timing on their side. Never Been Christ? Never Been Christ comes in at number 14. Can you give me a hint? Ooh, a movie that you said warmed your heart. Christmas Island. Number three. Yeah, boy. And... Uh, Tidler Holiday. Number six. Oh, so close. What is gobble, gobble. Holiday Hotline? Yeah. Yay! Came in at number five. Awesome. You know, that Thanksgiving week, I think, gives those movies a boost. Yeah, for sure. What would you guess is number 27 of 27? Not a movie we watched for the show, the podcast. The soccer one? No. Christmas in Notting Hill is actually number 12. It's the Jingle Jammies movie, Christmas by Design. Oh, we didn't watch that Which yet. was also an opening weekend movie. 
I, mean, I still have no desire to watch that movie. <laughs> this, this, sorry, is, this isn't making me want to watch it. We have not reviewed the bottom five movies. What are the bottom five? A Royal Christmas Crust, which was a Christmas in July movie. Okay, Under the Christmas Sky, Ryan Pavey. Nope. Letters to Santa, Magic Pen. Nope. Take Me Back for Christmas, also July. Okay. And Christmas by Design. Well, you know what's real sad? Santa Summit, number 20. That's a terrible placement because that's a great movie. I know. I think I need to, we need to start a campaign for these movies. Well, it would be different if we could see the plus three numbers. Or even the how's it doing on Peacock after all yeah. the chatter about it. This is just a, a mere snapshot. A mere snapshot. And also, what I think it would be really interesting to see is if they had day of the week right next to all of this, Mm -hmm. because that's obviously going to play a factor as well. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of 2024 vision boards, sleepy kitty paws on that for me. Let's do a synopsis. All right. It's short and sweet. A woman named, sorry, a woman named Mona returns home to help with her family's Christmas carnival and romance ignites. A photojournalist curates a surprise reunion. Hey, time for some news and notes. This was filmed in and around Milton, Ontario, Canada in October 2023, early October. And as Wendy pointed out, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Like it was filmed (laughs) in Milton, also in the fictional town of upstate New York, Milton. Hmm. I wonder. This movie was written by Angela Burt Murray. Angela frequently works with director Roger Bob and has written and produced a number of things he has directed. She has 11 previous writing credits, including several Christmas movies, although none of them for Hallmark. The screenplay was written by Maggie Bush and Lanry Idewu. This is Lanry's first writing credit and Maggie's sixth, although it is her first for Hallmark. This movie was directed by Roger Bob. Roger has 24 directing credits, including previous mahogany movies such as A Nashville Legacy and The Holiday Stocking. Michelle Morgan plays Mona. She has 26 acting credits, but I feel like that number is a bit deceptive given that she's had a 10-year run on The Young and the Restless in which she's appeared in 799 episodes as Amanda Sinclair. This is, however, her first Hallmark movie. It's funny to me, like, because IMDb only gives you the credit for working on, like, one project. So you could have three acting credits, but you've worked for 10 years on a soap and did 1,000 episodes. (laughs) Ronnie Rowe Jr. plays Dez. Ronnie's first Hallmark movie was Jingle Bell Bride. And incidentally, that was also the first Hallmark review we ever did here on Girls Gone Hallmark. We are begging you not to go back and listen. I am terrified to listen to it. (laughs) I don't even think we had like a full. We didn't have like, did we have segments? Yeah, no structure. We didn't do like news and notes at that time. We certainly didn't do Hallmark news. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to even guess. Guys, I'm not leaving a link to that in our show (laughs) notes. Please don't go look for it. Ronnie has 45 acting credits, including Game of Love from earlier in 2023. For which he is not credited on IMDb. Hmm. Jamie M. Kalika plays Fletcher. This is Jamie's first Hallmark movie, although he's no stranger to the TV movie game, having worked for both Lifetime and Owen previously. He does have another Christmas movie dropping on 12-23 this year, Christmas Revisited, which we'll be able to stream on Max. Look at, why are you dropping a Christmas movie two days before Christmas? My thoughts exactly. That's so weird to me. Janae Armigan plays Aaron. She tends towards much grittier fare 
in her previous 41 acting credits. Let me let me hit you with some of these. Would You Kill For Me? The Mary Bailey Story. Pocket Dial Murder. Who Killed Our Father? Trapped With My Husband. Love Triangle Nightmare. She was also in A Chestnut Family Christmas. So this is not her first Christmas movie. And she was in five episodes of The Good Witch, which of course is a Hallmark mm. series. So this is not her first rodeo with the network. So are those movies you named, are they lifetime movies, I'm guessing? Would You Kill For Me is a lifetime movie. Yeah, I figured. Starring Melissa Joan Hart. Oh. Hey, by the way, our podcast is beating hers on the charts. Nice. Oh, she also has two upcoming movies, Our Mother's Secret Affair and Murder at the Altar. So, wow. You ready for first impressions? I am. You go first. I feel like I always go. Disclaimer, AI did not write this for me. The lesson this season is high school crushes aren't all they're cracked up to be. Fair points given. Mine is there's cool and then there's too cool. Oh, Fletcher. It's not too cool. Wendy's shaking her head. Who's too cool? Let's find out. Okay. Moving on to what we liked. Um, For me, this was a very middle of the road movie. You know, during the non-holiday season on Hallmark, I feel like mahogany movies really level up the storytelling that Agree, we get. Agree, absolutely. I've found that the countdown to Christmas movies don't always get the same treatment. I know we're talking about what we liked, but can I say something kind of spicy? Sure. I feel perhaps like with the mahogany line, Hallmark is in some cases during the countdown to Christmas season, checking a box. Absolutely. Agree. Because I feel that the diversity is dropping off a cliff in our other movies, mm -hmm. like Hallmark's So White. I think for a minute there, Hallmark was making great strides, and this year has dropped off in terms of diversity. In addition to diversifying their cast, we're, we want a variety of stories. We want a variety of people represented, but... Don't fall back on what you know while mm -hmm. you're pushing forward. Like, yeah. like the Santa Summit, real white. And you had an opportunity there for it not to be. Okay. There's yeah. one actress of color. Uh, yeah, you're right. Ensemble. You're absolutely right. Um, and every single couple is straight. Yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right there, and, too. And skinny. There's one non-tiny actress in the entire Countdown to Christmas lineup. Yes. One. Yes, and was mercilessly written up. Horrible things were said about her. Stop That's it. what happens when you do it once, when you tokenize the, yeah. that actress. When it doesn't become a usual thing yes. on the network, then yes. it's a standout. When there's no representation, yes. and all of a sudden it's like, bing, that yeah. becomes a problem. Now, half of our listeners have just turned this off because of this. So let's hop back into Man, what we liked. Too uh, yeah, okay, let's talk about what we liked. I enjoyed this idea that people are too busy today mm. and that we're missing out, you know, in good old-fashioned fun in our lives. Too many screens, too much busyness, you know, that we just don't make time to go to, like, something as fun and simple and special as like a family carnival. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of enjoyed that. I heard that message. Yeah. And I actually thought the carnival was well executed on screen. I thought it was nice to look at. It looked like a place I would want to go. It didn't look like a couple of tents in a parking lot. Mm. I enjoyed the history of the quilt tradition being passed down. Sure. There were some moments where I bristled where I was like, wait, 
just because it's your tradition, it is not required for your daughters to take it over if they don't have any interest in it. So that's an interesting point you've brought up because I believe it was Mystic Christmas that also talked about tradition. And um, do you remember the line? It was something like, is it tradition because you like it or is it because you remember it? Right. And that's my whole problem. Look, I'm... If you want to hear me talk about why I don't really love the holidays, come on over to our Patreon. Talk about that on what's good. <laughs> I, well, yeah, we might save that for what's good. I tradition hangs me up. Uh huh. During the holiday season, does it feel like obligation? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I understand. Like I can see. Like yes, I see what's special about doing traditional things because those memories hold. Like special meaning for you and so on and so forth. But when it becomes obligation, then I don't want anything to do with it. What I bump up against with like certain um, people is like, well, if I say I don't want to do that this year and the response is, well, it's tradition. Does that still mean I have to do it then? (laughs) Just because it's tradition? I think we can push back on tradition a little bit if it's not bringing anybody joy. I saw someone say on social media, like the rush of this season is a lie. There is no timeline. There is no actual rush. We've put this on ourselves. Obviously, there's, you celebrate Christmas, that date looms, but we just feel like we have to cram it all in. There's so much to do. And it's not real. We've put it on ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I think going back to this movie, just enjoying the family carnival. But also, back to your point, should the daughters feel like they have to take over this family carnival because mom and dad can't do it physically anymore. I don't think anymore. they should. When they were like, okay, well, we we could have sold it, but no, we want you girls to do it. Yeah, I thought they were going to be like, look, we're getting too old. Fine, fair. And here are the options. Instead of here are the options, they said, you need to take it over. Yes. <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't see that coming. I didn't love that. I, if I'm the parents in this situation, this is my life's work, and I'm ready to retire, I understand wanting your children to do it. But do you want your children to take it over and resent it and hate it and do it badly? Or do you want someone who cares about it? Or do you want your children to stop pursuing their own dreams? Right. To... Further yours? Yeah. Like, Mona has this very successful career, and while it might look different than your life, she has a life. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I really enjoyed the two male leads. Yeah. Ronnie Rowe as Des and Jamie Calicchio? I think it's Calica. Well, I spelled Calicchio on my note here, but I think you are right. As Fletcher. Nice two handsome dudes, both charming I was like, oh, here we go. We're going to have a little bit of a triangle. But as soon as he's like, I don't want kids, I was like, well, there's there's your choice right there. Like, yeah, She just kept trying to make it happen, though. Like, mm. She knew that he wasn't a fit. He kept making all of these comments that you made it very clear he wasn't a fit. And she kept like, oh, please ask me to the dance. Oh, I'd love to go to the dance with you. And I just thought, why? You've been on two dates with this guy. He's shown you he's not what you want. You've had all these bad dates. You should be able to weed them out at this point. I know, but I think women also think, I can change you. Let me change your mind. Redemption story for breaking my heart in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the dudes too. And I really loved the shade Des throws at Fletcher. 
for not being a gentleman. Mm-hmm. He has multiple opportunities to get those digs in. Yes. And I really loved it. That whole scene where like they're introduced to each other and they're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, Fletcher really good. was such a baby when they're at oh, the what, the choir singing event. Is that Something. what's happening? And, and he she's going to Des and he just turns around and walks away. <laughs> yeah. Nope. You're an adult man. Don't behave like that. I agree. Some of the dialogue was really good in this movie. Felt very current. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes these scripts get really hallmarkified. And at one point, Des says something like, "Oh, I wasn't trying to throw shade," and I was like, "Oh, I like that." Yes. You know, current trendy language. I agree. Hey, I liked the military storyline here. Did I, you? Yeah. I thought it was sweet how Des got the boys involved in creating these memories for their dad. We're missing him. How can we channel that energy into mm-hmm. something? I love a military homecoming. He comes home. That was very sweet. Yeah, that I like got that to too. be there. And that Des made that happen for him. Mm-hmm. I like that heartwarming moment. I was watching this movie thinking this is a very beautiful cast. Then on Twitter, I see Ryan Williams. He's a producer, Mm -hmm. tweeted, please give the makeup artist at Hallmark Mahogany Production a raise and a day off. These are his words. These African-Americans in the cold upstate New York, in quotation marks, town are moisturized to the gods, not one dry lip, neck, or split end in the entire cast. And were you an Oprah watcher back in the day? Sure. (laughs) Oprah classically said, everyone looks good on my set because I make sure that my lighting works for black people oh and therefore everybody looks good one of the sag negotiations that i don't know what the outcome was was that you need to have specific hair and makeup artists for actors of color who that seems like a no-brainer yes but it has not (gasps) been so you have people that don't know how to work with particular textures of hair so then i just think that's a really interesting to point out right so uh i was not the only person who noticed that Everybody looked beautiful. Gorgeous. Hmm. Um, two scenes that I liked. Hmm. The opening scene where she's on this busted date where he's like, I'm going to get back to, with my wife. My husband burst out laughing. I was shocked to see this, first of all. And so weird. He's like, I made a bad impression on my second date. And then he's like, well, I have something to tell you. Yeah, I'm getting back together with my what? wife. But what I liked about that is the... Next scene, she's is followed by her telling her friend, like, look, this is what I want. I want kids. I want to be married. I want it to happen before a certain age. Like, it was nice to hear somebody in a Hallmark movie because I don't think we often get it. Like, this is what I want. Mm. I think there's always like this, especially in the female roles, this indecision of like, what could happen? My Prince Charming could happen. My dream job can happen. There's no like... Oftentimes, there's no, like, very focused. Yeah. Yeah. She's already got the job. So now she's like, this is what I need. Yes. This is This is what's going to complete me. Yes. The other thing I really liked was at the end when they're dancing in the barn, I really enjoyed the music. It, they weren't dancing to some, like, dumb Christmas song, like, <laughs> you know, trying to dance to, like, Jingle Bells or whatever. Yeah. You know? It was like a contemporary song. It was nice. I, like enjoyed it are you ready for wishes yes can i talk about that barn dance real quick sure um only because it goes with what you're saying i did not like what mona and des were wearing 
Individually, it was fine. They're both wearing red velvet. She's wearing a red velvet dress. He's wearing a red velvet blazer. They were not the same shade of red. Oh. And therefore, they, in my opinion, didn't look good next to each other. Oh, interesting. I was like, get Keith costumes on the case. (laughs) Because like I said, separately, great. Totally fine. Festive. Didn't love them together. Okay, I'm nitpicking. All right. I did enjoy Michelle Morgan. I love a fresh face on Hallmark. Uh, However, back to my first impression where I said there's cool and then there's too cool. Uh I thought she played this character to kind of one note. Everything was, she was very cool. There was no like enthusiasm or inflection in her delivery. It was just very like, I'm cool. (laughs) Everything's cool. We'll handle it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was very. I loved her. In fact, I looked at her. Looked her up because I was like, "What's her resume like? She's been on soaps forever. I wonder if this is just who she is. Just hmm. this sort of like cool person. She's cool. Cool. The conflict about the article nearly ruined the movie for me. Oh, it's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. The desire to introduce too many conflicts into a story is one that Hallmark fights with a lot we already have the parents are retiring who's going to take over the business are we going to continue this tradition we also have this love triangle what's going to happen there we didn't need her also to be angry with des about this completely unbelievable storyline there was nothing not to like about the carnival i mean it's fine if it's not your style like oh gaudy christmas decorations but it was charming it was a small town carnival yeah filled with traditions There's no one who's going to believe that this piece is going to exist. Yeah. At one point I was like, is that just supposed to be like clickbait? Like why everybody, why we hate Christmas or whatever it was. But then they wouldn't send him there to spend a full week getting immersed. They could have written that from afar. Yeah. You don't need to experience it (laughs) to write terrible things about it. The conflict could have been more like she couldn't see that Dez was the good guy here mm-hmm. instead of now Dez has to be the bad guy, right. too. I think the line is like oh, all these men are failing her, you know, yeah. like she's hoping like, oh, is this going to be the one? Oh, and now he's disappointed me. He didn't need to. I know. Back to your point about a lot of storylines. This to me was one of those like, let's throw everything at it. Christmas carnival, aging parents, move from the big city back home, high school boyfriend, enemies to love. It was all of it. Pull it back. Pull it back a little bit. Like the Coco Chanel advice about accessorizing. Take one thing off. Yes. Yes, exactly. And finally, my wish, final wish is Des, the reporter who writes for an online magazine, does not know what a brand ambassador is. Oh my gosh. Wait, what? She's not a brand ambassador. She's just an influencer. They're not the same thing. I hear you. We have an understanding of it. I'm begging these people. (laughs) Like, give them a digital media literacy course if you're going to have influencers. Talk to a, a single one. And you know what is so funny to me is this movie had the most paid promotion I've seen from influencers of any movie oh, interesting. throughout the season on Twitter during this movie. There were so many paid tweets, which I'm not mad at, except, hello, please call us. But they're using influencers. Obviously, the promotion team and the writing team are two different people. But right. yes, he would have known what a brand what influencer is. Right. Are you ready to, for did you to see that? Yes. 
Would you like to go first? Sure. This one's just a complaint. Snow cones at a winter carnival? I don't get it. And then they're like, it's tradition. Snow cones? Snow cones. Okay. Does Des take a single note or is his article going to be all pictures? Okay. Yes. When he interviews like the gal that Uh had grew up Uh there and she's like, my name is this and this. And like, I thought she had very important, like meaningful things to say. He didn't take one note. Not even like holding up his phone and pretending to be recording it. Did did he catch her name? I don't know. Like a, it's like when a waiter at a restaurant takes your, an entire oh. table's order without writing it down. Yes. You're going to get something wrong. It stresses me out. And you can't quote someone if you don't know what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, also, did you hear that they used Hey Mary instead of Hey Siri? No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> your phone's <laughs> reacting to you. There was one point where she jumps on an IG live and Instagram live and she's talking about like the promoting the carnival and family fun. And I did think it was kind of clever how they showed it from the perspective of her holding up her phone and talking into the phone. And then they showed the phone, which it was not, I mean, obviously it's a playback. It wasn't like Uh a live, an actual live recording of her recording that. Yeah. You you know what I mean? The thing that bothered me about this whole scene was like one or two scenes later, Des says to her, I can't believe you got all these people to show up from your post. And I was like, did we see a whole influx of people come to the carnival because she just influenced them on her Instagram live? Like, we never saw that happen. We saw her make the video. Yeah, it's just the and then he says, where we get it. Yeah, he's like, whoa, oh. your power of influence to get all these people here. And my husband's like, what, these people are coming from the big city to go to the small town carnival? I know. I'm like, where are they coming from? Right. But, yeah, I gotcha. What'd you rate it? Well, I told you middle of the road. It's two and a half. <laughs> it is two and a half this time. I gave it 2.75 stars. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Girls Gone Hallmark. Before you go, don't forget to leave this podcast your five-star ratings and reviews. We will be back with brand new episodes next week. Hop into our Facebook group to talk about movies over the weekend, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Are you tired of waiting for sparks to fly on your dating app? Do you dream of running through airports to deliver an out-of-breath, unplanned monologue? Then stop doom-scrolling and start listening to Meet Cute Rom-Coms, feel-good love stories that take you from chance encounter to grand romantic gesture in just 15 minutes. We're bringing rom-coms back. Get a brand new Meet Cute series on the first Tuesday of every month, with new episodes twice a week. Fall in love with Meet Cute Rom-Coms, wherever you find your podcasts. Is this where we kiss.